For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Millennial Sports Talk. This is Ben Verlander, along with Michelle Margot. Uh, I am pumped up today. We have my former college baseball coach and current D1 coach of the Old Dominion Monarchs on today, Chris Fenwood. I am pumped to have him, Michelle. I'm pumped to have him, too. Honestly, I'm just trying to get as much information about you um, that is covert information (laughs) as I can. Well, before we get into any of that, I have something to ask you about, actually. Oh gosh! And, uh, you know we're all we're all quarantined here, and I'm scrolling through Twitter a lot, and <laughs> was looking through, and I see a lot of your tweets about Game of Thrones, and a couple stick out to me, and it's really bothering me actually. A lot of your tweets are you searching for answers, like who who kills so and so? I need to Google this. Stop doing that! You're driving me insane. Just watch the show. Watch it. You'll get the answer. Okay, just so you know. There is nobody who has watched as much Game of Thrones in a row as I have in the last couple of days. I'm on season four, like at four now. Do you know I, I how long those episodes are? They're an I, hour each. I do. Do you know how many think... episodes are in a season? I've watched yeah. 40 hours Michelle, of Game this of is Thrones. What the, this is what the world was doing. Obviously not all at once because we were you know, watching it live, but there's a lot of people that are now doing exactly what you're doing. So it's a little bold to say I'm the only person in the world watching so many episodes right now this is a full-time job stop googling stuff okay oh my god it would drive me insane first of all I thought you were gonna just give me crap for Carol Baskin and Tiger King which I'm glad that we're not gonna open that can of worms (laughs) um however it's very far-fetched obviously it's like a fantasy but you never really see them eating oh my god and they go like they go like days in the wilderness without eating or going to the bathroom. Oh my And there's no God. way they would survive in the cold. There's no way I would survive watching a show with you. <laughs> well, like, lucky for you, we geez. don't have to. <laughs> what do you Tell mean? Tell me how you really feel. I didn't know that you need to see them eat every meal to see that it's like, what? They're it's eating, just not, trust It's me. not realistic. It's a good show. It's a good show. Um, it is very macabre. Oh. And... Um, I've only I've only gotten nauseous one time, but every other part of Game of Thrones has been very interesting thus far. And moving on, because there's a tweet that I would like to ask you about, Benjamin. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. it is? I have a feeling I know what it's going to be, yes. Can you just explain? All I know is that the, the tweet below it, the second tweet, was like, you know that saying, it's like riding a bike? Yeah, that's not a thing. <laughs> so please explain to me what physically happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can I can do that. So I had to ride a bike the other day, literally like a hundred yards. I had to take it um, 
I was at work and my work is still um, an essential business. So I still have to go in a couple of times a week. Um, so there's just this one, I had to move a bike a hundred yards and put it in a shed. So I get on this bike and I turn the corner to go around a building. And when I turn the corner, I push on the pedal to go a little bit faster, which I wasn't going fast at all. That's why I needed, I just was pedaling. And when I hit the pedal, the chain popped out of the, uh, the bike. Mm. So it's, it skipped out of gear. And when it did that, the back of the bike kicked up in the air and sent me flying over <laughs> the handlebars onto the asphalt. I put my arms out to save me from falling. And my hand gets all, like all the skin comes off the hand. I'm bleeding and my shoulder popped out. Oh my gosh. And my, my labrum is torn in my left shoulder. So every time I fall, I naturally go to brace myself to when I'm falling. But every time I do it, my shoulder pops out. So I'm laying on the ground, just super, super embarrassed that I did this riding a bike and my shoulder popped out and I'm bleeding everywhere. <laughs> and you weren't wearing a helmet? No, I wasn't wearing a helmet. Are you kidding me? I had to move a bike a hundred yards and put well, it in Well, first of all, I, I'm, I'm really sorry that this happened to you and I'm really glad that you're okay. Let's just put that out there. I'm okay? not okay. I haven't been able to move my left oh, arm you're not for okay. two okay. days. Got it. I, it's been a real struggle. Really glad that I don't have to do this podcast alone. So yeah. thank God all all, you're okay. I, I said I'm not okay. I was being dramatic. All in all, in retrospect, I'm doing okay. So thank you for your concern. Mm-hmm. Just embarrassed. My ego took the biggest hit of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure it could afford it. Hey. <laughs> so, so yeah, let's, uh, I actually want to get to uh, a go to the week this week before we kind of get into everything. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to do my goat of the week this week on uh, Shinsu Chu. And uh, he is a player for the Texas Rangers. And uh, so over the last week, there's been a lot of discussion on, you know, how if minor leaguers should get paid during this off time, uh, how much they should get paid. Um, and, you know, it all recently just got settled. Um, thankfully, at least they are going to get paid a little bit, but um, it is not a lot of money. Um, and so if this goes on for an extended time, um, you know, a lot of them will be in trouble. And what Sensu Chu did was he stepped up and donated um, $1,000 for every minor leaguer in the entire Rangers organization. Um, so I thought that was a really cool thing to do. And uh, honestly, uh, there's been a lot of giving back during this time that I've seen, and it's, it's, it's pretty cool. I think that's awesome. It also Thanks. like really makes you think if you're a minor league in a minor leaguer in another organization, like you got yeah. poor like, cards. <laughs> anybody, anybody over here? Yeah. <laughs> um, what about you? Do you have anything that you would like to? <laughs> Well, first of all, I love that you asked. Thank you, because you know my go to the weeks are not as good as yours. Well, yeah, I think. And I'm about to follow suit. I think right right now, especially the the more positive news we can bring to people, the better. So if you have anything, I'm all ears. So it's not sports related, but um, I don't know if you're familiar with going on a bear hunt. I am not. So it's a thing, apparently it's across the United States. I thought it was just in Nashville, which is where I'm quarantined right now. But um, people are putting teddy bears or stuffed animals in their windows facing the street. So little kids can walk by going on a bear hunt and count how many teddy bears they see, which I don't know why it's for little kids because I'm 27 and I am here for it. (laughs) Michelle's like, one, two, three. (laughs) Literally though. So... Like at first, so my boyfriend and I took a walk because literally what else is there to do right now? He's like, oh, look, at, look, there's one. 
And I was like, there's one what? And I'm looking at like flowers in their yard. And I'm like, cool. He goes, no, <laughs> do you see the teddy bear? And I'm like, yeah, that's weird. That's so creepy. Why does that person have a teddy bear in their living room window? And the blinds, like all the blinds are closed, but there's like a little bit of blinds open for this teddy bear. He's like, no, you don't know what's going on. Like the bear hunt. I was like, what? So the entire walk, we had a bet over under 11 and a half bears. Um, we yeah. found nine on the first street, which is crazy. I mean, nine doesn't That's sound really like a cool. lot. Oh, it's the coolest thing ever. And it makes me so happy every time. And some houses had multiple teddy bears and it was like such a cool thing for everyone yeah. to come together That's right cool. now and just put teddy bears. <laughs> um, anyway, so as it pertains to the subject of our podcast this week, um, the NCAA granted an extra year of eligibility to all student athletes in spring sports whose seasons were canceled because of coronavirus. Um, all student athletes are um, under this new extra eligibility, not just seniors. So it allows schools to expand the rosters beyond the current scholarship limits. The NCAA has left it up to each school to decide whether to grant seniors less or equal financial aid um, than they were already getting. These spring sports are baseball, softball, tennis, golf, uh, track and field, lacrosse, rowing, men's volleyball, women's water polo, et cetera. Um, baseball actually does have an increased roster limit, but this is, this is a really big deal, whether you yes. like it or not. This is a really big deal, and I am curious because you did play, and obviously we're going to hear from your coach. Uh, what do you think of all this? I think in the grand scheme of things, all in all, this is a very good thing. I think – uh, I think this needed to happen. I think it also creates some uh, some some tough some tough uh, decisions to be made. So it's not all good. I think uh, I think it needed to happen. I I, I feel for the seniors uh, mostly that would have been very tough. But um, with everything that they're doing, allowing an extra year, um, expanded rosters, that involves some difficult decisions that have to be made. I think so. I'm actually I'm really interested to uh, to talk to uh, my former coach and, and see, you know, his thoughts on this and how to navigate it. And if he if he's happy or, you know, uh, I'm ex I'm, I'm interested, but I, I think it's a good thing. Do you? To be honest, I'm not a fan of it. I understand. I under I comprehend the concept behind it. Don't roll your eyes at me, Benjamin. So, OK, just for context, I was a D1 athlete, not for a very long time, but I was one. I got recruited to USD for crew. And I understand what it's like to put in that effort day in and day out and how much of that runs your life. I understand, trust me, okay? But in the grand scheme of things, people are canceling their weddings. People are not able to go to their parents' funerals. People are not able to go watch their kids graduate. There are things happening that are much bigger than this. And I feel like what these, these D1 athletes are just exempt from having to deal with the adversity of it. Like they all, so they, just, there's just effects for years to come because I, I agree. The so NCAA are, is trying to do this. Are people canceling their weddings or are they postponing their weddings? Some people are co canceling them. A lot of people are postponing. Can you postpone a funeral? That's a, no, you can't. But I, I that, that's also totally different in my opinion. Totally different. The the NCAA has the capability to do this, and these seniors were going to miss their entire senior year. Something you remember for your entire life playing baseball. And I, I could not could not disagree more with you. I, I couldn't. I trust me again. Trust me. I am 
I am the athlete. I understand that. I understand sports. I understand how much this means. Trust me, I do. And it sucks. And I see it and I feel it and I relate to it and it's valid. With that said, is it worth for years to come? There's going to be two freshman incoming classes now. There are going to be two sets of freshmen playing these sports, trying to find roster, trying, trying to find financial aid, trying to find scholarships. There's going to be so many more problems for years to come. The, the MLB draft, if we're talking baseball, is already cut down and it's, it's already going to affect those people. But I just feel like in the grand scheme of things, this is not a big enough deal. To There's going to be a trickle-down effect for years to come. No, there yes. will be a trickle-down effect. But like you said, the, the, the draft was cut down from 40 rounds to now 10 rounds. So those, those players that we're going to have, we're going to go on to inevitably have a really good junior or senior year and get drafted in the, let's say, 14th round. You, a, a decent pick where they don't have that capability anymore. So are they just supposed to not play their senior season and never play baseball again because they can't, they, they can't sign anymore because the draft only has 10 rounds this year? What are they supposed to do? Well, you can sign. You just wouldn't be drafted. There are plenty of people who do that. You can, but take, take me, for example. My sophomore year, I was terrible. I was awful. And then my junior year, I go into my junior year and work my ass off to be good and become an All-American and get drafted in the 14th round. And what happens to someone who plays an amazing junior year and then gets hurt their senior year and never play again? Like, there's, of course, there's going to be all sorts of situations that happen no matter what. And that's just, to me, that's what I'm saying is so be it for people losing an extra year, like, you know, one year of their four years. Yeah, it's, I, I, I just don't think it's a bit, as big of a deal because now, first of all, I, I and we'll talk about this with your coach, but I think the NCAA leaving it up to the schools is completely pawning off the responsibility on the schools, and it's just not a fair responsibility well, you for know, the schools. You know who the the brunt of the decisions gets pushed onto now is the, is the head coaches of the staff. Yeah, or the athletic like, directors. So I'm very, I'm actually very excited to have uh, Finney, Coach Finwood on the uh, podcast today. And, get his thoughts on all of this. So I totally, totally agree. But uh, before we get to Coach Finwood, um, Millennial Sports Talk would not be possible without our amazing sponsors and True Classic Tees, which is one of my favorites personally because they have amazing t-shirts. I've already looked at them online. They're for men. So um, I personally don't fall under the category of being able to buy them <laughs> for myself. But you can go to trueclassictees.com and use the code at checkout, B-L-E-A-V, for 20% off. That's believe, B-L-E-A-V, at trueclassictees.com. And this podcast also would not be possible without Bet Online AD. Uh, while you're waiting this out at home, you can still have fun betting online at betonline.ag. Um, there's no NBA, there's no NHL, there's no MLB, so you may be thinking, there's nothing to bet on. How, you know, why would I go bet? But that actually isn't true. You can still go online and bet on, let's say, the election, the spelling bee, uh, American Idol. The, the possibilities are still endless. There's tons of stuff to bet on um, and still fun to be had. So go online to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus. That is betonline.ag and use promo code my pod 100 and without further ado let's get to my college coach and head coach of the old dominion monarchs coach chris finwood what's up coach finwood how you doing man 
I'm doing great, Ben. How are you, buddy? Good to talk to you. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. How uh, how's everything going right now down there with uh, you and the family? Is everybody everybody all right? Yeah, everybody's hanging in there. It's uh, what a strange time in all of our lives, huh? Yeah, um, yeah. Trying to trying to figure this out day by day and stay busy and productive and uh, it's a challenge. Uh, Coach, this is Michelle Margot, Ben's co-host. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, so we we were we were talking before um, you called in about the NCAA granting an extra year of eligibility for the spring student athletes. Yeah. Um, what? We have our own opinions on it, but what were you told by the NCAA? Okay, so everybody gets a year back. It's First of all, I think it's like important to know this is what's termed permissive legislation. In other words, you're allowed to do it, but each individual school can decide from a money standpoint and opportunity standpoint if they want to. Um, and so every school is going to be in a different boat on that. For us – we only had two seniors on scholarship. And so they were both kids that if they, they possibly will have some professional opportunities. Um, but if not, they both want, want to come back and start grad school. And they're both graduating in May. Uh, so for them, that's the option. For somebody else, you know, they might have a job um, yeah. that they want to go do instead of try to play. So I think the, the important thing is it gives the kids the option it also gave the juniors, you know, the leverage that they should have. If they wouldn't in this, they would have just really, really hurt the junior right. class. Right. So that leverage, that leverage is, that leverage is a yeah. big thing for those guys. And so, yeah. is that what you for when when this first um, was announced? Is that did you like bring in the the seniors and and get a feel? Yeah, yeah. Kyle Kyle Battle, who's from Glen Allen, right there in Richmond, and then um, Matt Birch, who's a Chicago kid. Both of them. Obviously, we're crushed. Um, we had a few other seniors that are walk-ons that were just finishing up kind of schools, but this didn't really affect them. Yeah. Uh, but Kyle and Kyle and Matt, uh, I wanted them to know that they were going to play baseball next year somewhere. <laughs> you yeah. Know, they, if they get a chance to play professionally, um, and that's a whole other ball of wax because the draft's going to be drastically changed this year as well. Right. But then they could, then they should do that because they're both graduating. If they didn't get that opportunity and they wanted to come back, I was going to have their scholarship for them. Um, these are two guys that have been starters for multiple years. Why wouldn't we want a 23-year-old guy back? My right. gosh, <laughs> 600 college at-bats, you know, as opposed to wondering if an 18-year-old can do it or not. Uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. And uh, they're great kids, and they were both captains this year, so you got two of your captains back. Like, it was just an easy – for us, it's not so easy for everybody. You know, there's, yeah. there's some people struggling with this. I, I understand that. It's no secret for Ben, and I haven't told you this, but I, I completely understand why this is happening, and I understand the validity and, and the context of it all. But I think the NCAA leaving it up to the schools is sort of pawning it off and making some really tough decisions for people in your position. Um, right, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, but it was the right thing to do, you know. Um, that's the thing. If they would have taken this away, I think I th here's the other part of that, Michelle. We're supposed to be in the business of trying to graduate kids. I think there would have been a lot of – there's a lot more juniors that are going to come back to school now because they're not going to get drafted. Uh, and they, you know, they may have been a later round draft pick or something like that. 
Um, they're not going to get drafted, and they still have their junior eligibility, but they're going to graduate next year. And so then they'll get drafted next year with their degree in their pocket, and they can go out and play. And Ben will tell you, because he had to live it, going back to school after you've been out for a few years <laughs> playing pro ball ain't that much fun. Hey, it only, um, it only took me seven years once I finished, but I got it done. Exactly. <laughs> but what, how great would it have been if you'd already graduated and had the same opportunities, you know? And, right. and then when you're done, you can do whatever you want. You don't have to go back to school. It's, uh, it's a game changer for those guys. I think it's going to help uh, juniors make that decision to come back and, and finish up their degree and still have that leverage. So baseball, and please correct me if I'm incorrect in this, but baseball is supposed to have 11.7 scholarships per team, correct? Correct. So here's how this works. You can only go over your 11.7. We have a lot of numbers, Michelle. 11.7 is <laughs> a big one. 27 kids on scholarship. Right. And 35 on your total roster. Okay, yes. All right, so you can only go over the all the, those three numbers – by the amount of seniors that you bring back on scholarship. Okay. So in our, in, in, in our, in, yeah, in our case, it'd be two. You know, we can go two, uh, two up and then the 11.7, like let's just say they were both on 25%. You could be at 50% over that, so 12.2. We could also talk about how 11.7 is a ridiculous number to begin with for college baseball, yeah. but that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, for yeah a whole you whole have a <laughs> For all that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you're right. Coach, you guys have 11.7 scholarships, or in your case, 12.2 scholarships. There are sports that don't have a scholarship allotment or don't have as much. Um, do you, if you were a coach of one of those teams where there are people whose parents basically have to pay for them to play? Yeah. What, what do you it's do in that decision. sense? Yeah, it's a tough decision. They've got a they've got a hedge. There's a lot of factors in this. I think one of them is what kind of experience are you having in your program? You know, are you a big contributor? Do you really like the culture and the environment? Is it valuable, like in your life? Um, and then two, how much school, like you just mentioned? Uh, three, do you have a job lined up that you know maybe maybe I need to need the time to go start working? Uh, so it's the kid's option. I, I don't think anybody's making them do anything. You know, I told those two kids, for instance, I'm going to support you in whatever you do. I just want you guys to know we do want you back. Now, I've talked to a couple coaching friends of mine that they've had to tell all their seniors they can't – they don't have any money for them. Wow. Um, that sucks. They, they – now, some of these schools that are signing 20 kids a year, the bills come due now. Right. And so they, they can't do it. Um, yeah, it does suck. So the transfer portal is exploding right now. Yeah. Uh, with, they can go anywhere they want and play because if they've graduated, they can go anywhere they want in the whole country and play um, as a grad student and play right away. Uh, and that's the other rule. So they've got that option if the school they're at doesn't want them. So, so let's, yes, say, let, let's say you're at a program that had – uh, let's use, let's say it was a school that had a lot of seniors. Let's say, for example, there's 10 seniors on a team, which is a lot, but just a round number. Let's say five of them were on scholarship. Are, are most of the players that weren't on scholarship just, just moving on or do they still have the, like you didn't have to be on scholarship, right? Like any senior can say. 
Correct. Yeah, we actually have two others that'll be fifth-year seniors that were walk-ons. They're kind of arm surgery guys that are great kids. So are they staying? They're, they're staying. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they want to finish it out. They're they're trending in the right direction, and um, so yeah, it's a it's a multi-layered decision without a doubt. I I don't think there's any right or wrong answer to it. I think the the important thing is what's the What's the player and his family? What do they think is best for them? That's where but, people are, are losing this. Like, but don't you think that's unfair? Enough. It's not uh, up to, if the player well, I, wants to come back but can't because there's no scholarship mm-hmm. for him and he can't afford to continue going. It's really not up yeah. to the kid. The decision's made for him. But you, you said right. something about yeah. more transfers. Obviously, a lot of kids probably aren't going to be getting what was promised to them now because there's going to be two incoming freshman classes. Um, this, this affects for years to come, the recruits, right. everything. How do you divvy yeah. up playing time? Well, the best guys play. I mean, we got to win. So that's always going to be the case. And, you know, the, here's the schools that this is going to be a real problem for Michelle. And the way I look at this is I feel bad for the kids that are involved in it, but they knew what they were signing up for when they, decide to sign with this school that's signing 20 guys a year um and those are the schools that are going to have a big problem with this we don't we, we probably sign less guys than most places like i want less players on our roster so we can coach the heck out of them um, right. it's not a big issue for us you know uh but for some places it's going to be and that's the price of doing business the way they've been doing it uh they they maybe thought they were bulletproof from this and now something drastic like this has happened and they're going to have to find a way to deal with it for, for like not this year for next year and the next year. And it it is, it is going to affect multiple years without a doubt. So in terms of, and you know, we just talked about it affecting multiple years. How do you think this is going to affect high school guys and not necessarily the seniors that have already signed in committed places, but the juniors and the sophomores, that are looking mm-hmm. to sign somewhere, but a lot of programs will be packed, you know, with, with already yeah. too many players. Yeah, I think it's going to be an individual thing, uh, Ben. We, we've got, I don't know, five or six commits in the junior class and four or five in the sophomore class. Um, and we kind of cool our heels at that after that usually anyway. Yeah. But now, now here's the thing. Just because they have another year eligibility, you're still going to lose kids in their draft year. In other words, we got a sophomore kid that was a sophomore this year, big right-handed pitcher. So he'll be a sophomore again next year. That's but he's true. Gonna, so he's now draft eligible as a sophomore. Yeah, instead of, and he was rated yeah. in the top 100 sophomores or players in the country in next year's class. He's signing. Uh, no matter – you know, even though he's an eligible sophomore, he's going to sign. So, you're still going to lose him in the same year you would have lost him. Yeah, that so makes the sense. draft guys, it's not going to affect that uh, at all. Um, it's just going to affect your average college player gets another year. And who's to say that incoming guy doesn't beat him out anyway? Correct. You know, it's yep. going to be about the competition. Well, there's but you're two right, incoming guys 20, Well, yeah, in essence, there's two freshman classes this year. Right. Right. Yeah, um, but I, I and, and this is where the first one that's coming back you've already had, so you got a little more equity with them. Um, and this they is, played a quarter of a season. Michelle and I, you know, talked about this for a little while um, before mm-hmm. you came on, and, and you know, we kind of 
disagreed a little bit in terms of, you know, I think this is all in all a great thing that's happening. I think there are challenges that come along with it. Um, and she's on the other side, which I, I understand right. her point. I but, do too. I do too. So my, my thing is, so yeah, you have guys, you know, you have two incoming classes, but at the end of the day, you know, the guys that work their ass off and for playing time are going to be the ones that play. So if this ends yeah. up pushing, this is going to end up pushing out guys that, you know, would have been out already anyway. If, you know, if they're not going to work hard to play, you they're going to get pushed out. Well, you're part you of your environment. Yeah. You just said it, you just said it on the head. Those are the guys that are going to get pushed out. And it, I don't look at new income in classes because the, the redshirt freshman next year, you've been through eight months of stuff with already. You got a lot more equity built up with them than you do the incoming guys. Right. Um, and they're going to be – they should be ahead. Look, the bottom line to this is at level – at the mid-major level and above, it's really hard for an incoming freshman to play a whole lot anyway. Um, so, and that's just a fact. I mean, if, if, it, if a bunch of incoming freshmen are playing for you, you're not very good uh, because <laughs> well, those guys should be better. That's yeah. what and I was so trying to say. Anyway. To begin with was it helps some guys, it hurts other guys. Like yeah. you're saying, well, they would push them out anyway, but if you're a freshman, you are almost guaranteed not playing time if there's five seniors coming back. But that's how it is in D1 baseball for the most part across the Yeah, country. it's not just this. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And now here's the other thing, like with the juniors, and this is where just the individuality of your program, <laughs> we got a chance to have a really, really good club next year. We were going to be pretty good anyway, but now we might be really good. But you never know. <laughs> but uh, – if we don't screw them up that bad, maybe. But the <laughs> we're going to lose a lot next year. Like, we after may lose the, the whole – Yeah, yeah, after next season. So, now that gives those those current freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and the next incoming class a little more opportunity to play earlier in their career that following year. I, I definitely – No, it totally it makes sense. I definitely think this is a way for – certain people to manipulate their rosters I and mean, it helps some teams it hurts others um yeah, and i think I it sounds like you're pretty positive on your current team but i think there's other coaches that are probably put in a really uncomfortable situation now that they never wanted to be in in the first place um but i guess the 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 real question is and and of course i just for context and ben knows this and my our listeners know this but i i understand what it's like to be a d1 athlete I understand and I understand the context and I see why this is so important to people and this is their lives and this is their livelihood, et cetera, et cetera. But does the benefit for this small group of people outweigh the cost that it's going to, I guess, for years to come? Well, here's how I have to look at that, Michelle. The guys that it affects are already in my program. They're my guys. All right. And I've been through it with them. They've, ben knows the couch in there. We, they've sat on the couch. Boy, um, we, we've we've had Ben those was talks. used to the bench, actually. Uh, <laughs> no, Ben didn't sit on the bench much. He, uh, <laughs> and, and so those are the guys that I have to think about first. Um, the incoming players are guys that we like. We, they're good players. Um, we're certainly excited they're coming, but they haven't been our players yet. And so 
you know, I have to take care of my guys that are my guys first. And so this, this helps them. And so I'm all for that. Yeah. I didn't sit on the bench much. It only took me uh, uh, hitting three home runs in one game to finally get in there all the time. <laughs> yeah. What was that? What was Subtle I thinking flex. before that? Yeah. I was born at night, but it wasn't last night. And once you did that, you did the warm up. <laughs> I remember it, as, as soon as that game happened, you said, all right, Ben, I think you're going to be in there against Fridays now too. <laughs> yeah, and the best thing I did that whole year though, was sticking you in the leadoff spot. Cause we won every game after that. <laughs> and Michelle Bourne was this kind of guy though. I'm going to brag on him just a little bit. Please. I, I called him before the JMU series. It was the Thursday night we were practicing. And I said, Ben, you're having a pretty good year. We're really struggling in the leadoff spot. What do you think about it? I said, uh, he goes, I'll try anything, coach. I don't care. I said, look at it this way. You'll be the tallest leadoff hitter in the country. <laughs> and he jumped right in there, and we didn't lose another series the rest of the year after that, and he was a <laughs> real big part of it. I actually remember, and I, I don't like, I, I don't like, like bragging at all, but I remember that series, and you said, you know, we're going to try in the leadoff spot. And I said, all right, I, you know, I don't really know what I'm doing. And I asked you, and you're like, don't change anything. Don't yeah. change your mind. Yeah, just keep hitting homers. Right. And I, the first, <laughs> my first game in the leadoff spot, I hit an opposite field home run at JMU. There you and go. you're like, all right, you I think go. you can do this. I was like, all right. <laughs> yeah, it takes me a while, but I usually figure it out sooner or later. <laughs> um, coach, before we let you go, tell me uh, one thing about Ben – as a player, as a person that uh, most people don't know? Well, uh, the thing that always comes to my mind about Ben, he loved to play baseball. Um, and early in his career, he was trying to pitch and hit. And, and that's hard for anybody. But it's especially, I think, hard for a guy whose last name is Verlander. And he was a solid pitcher, but it, I, I just felt like I only got to see him in the, my first year try to do that. And I felt like he was walking out there with a 500-pound gorilla on his back every time he went to the mound. So yeah. after that season, we had this talk. He was going to play in the Valley League. And I said, look, Ben, you've really got some hitting ability. You're a fantastic athlete. I think if we could turn you into a really good outfielder, I want you to think about hitting and giving up pitching. But I said, here's the deal. You, I can't be the guy that took Justin Verlander's <laughs> little brother off the mound. Don't do that to me. I just got here. So you've got to make this your idea. And to his credit, he went out and did it, and we never looked back. And, and I, don't, I don't think – I think it was a, a great move, and he was 100% in favor of it. And um, I really always appreciated that about him. You know, um, I was actually just telling Michelle that story a little while ago, and um, – you know, I, I remember that talk vividly, and I really do think, um, and I've, I've told you this in person, but I, I think that um, that changed my career. Um, it's the reason I got drafted. Um, and, and, you know, it, I appreciated that talk. It meant a lot to me. And uh, I, I truly don't think I would have gotten drafted and had the junior year I did had I continued to do both. Because it is, it's, it's really hard to do both. And uh, yeah. so I, I credit uh, a lot of, my success in going on to playing pro baseball to 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 you and, and what you said to me is it dusty in here guys <laughs> <laughs> what a love fest it's been, 
It's getting thick, Michelle. Should I well, leave? I, I feel like I'm not part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think the world of Ben and his family, and obviously they're an old Dominion family, and, and we really appreciate all the all the things they, they do to help our program out. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming on Millennial Sports Talk. I know uh, it's hard to say yes to Ben sometimes, but I certainly appreciate <laughs> that you did it. Thank you so much. Stay safe, stay well, and best of luck with the decisions that lie ahead. Yeah. Thank you so much. Nice nice to talk to you, Michelle. See you, Ben. Thanks, Benny. Thanks for coming on, Coach. All right, buddy. Take care. Well, that's it for Millennial Sports Talk. Make sure you subscribe or download on your usual podcast distributor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.